Election College, Episode 38, The Election of 1892. In this episode, two presidents square off in a rematch. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. So Jason, uh, the last episode, we saw Grover Cleveland pretty much just get ousted right on his butt by Benjamin Harrison. Yeah, surprise, surprise. It's kind of crazy because Cleveland won the popular vote. That dang old electoral college is at it again. Man, if it wasn't for that electoral college, we wouldn't have probably had much inspiration for our name. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It was entirely inspired by that. But uh, we've got we've got Harrison just running the place like a boss, but people don't much love him. I mean, he's not he's not terribly unpopular, but he's also not really all that popular at the same time yeah i i mean the republicans were so fragmented anyway you're not going to make too many people i I mean if you're a republican you're just not very happy with other people yeah i mean i don't think that 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 has stopped on either side of the coin (laughs) (laughs) but i say that as a recovering republican myself i guess you could say but I'm not really much of anything at the moment. Um, anyway, the that, uh, that would mean that you're exactly like a Republican. Yeah, you got it, man. <laughs> um, remember, remember Blaine? Remember that guy? Uh-huh. Yeah, Blaine. Yeah, he's he's kind of still sticking around, and and well, a bunch of people are like, "Hey, uh, we got to get rid of Benjamin Harrison." We need to get rid of him and let's get Blaine in here. And, you know, Blaine had been a nominee before and Harrison's like, well, I don't really want to do the presidency thing again, but I got to say, I really hate Blaine. So I think I'm the only one who can stop him. I'm like Superman in this instance. I'm the only one who can, who can make, take care of this deal. Yeah. It's like a hot potato. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't want you to be president. But here you go, but I don't I I I just don't know what to do. <laughs> well, since Blaine had no idea what to do either, <laughs> he, he really just was not he really wasn't all that interested in it. Um he he had fought against Cleveland once before back in eighteen eighty four. Um his health was declining. Three of his children had died in the last four years. I'm sorry, last two years. And he just really said, no, I'm I'm not going to run. Um, I, I don't want to run. I don't really care to. But nobody, nobody really wanted to push him much past that. So pretty much um, Benjamin Harrison said that, uh, hey, Blaine, you either say you're running or you're not. Or you can resign your position as Secretary of State. Ooh. Sorry. Yeah. Playing hardball. 
Kind of throwing his weight around. Yeah. So you had a couple of guys from Ohio. You had Senator John Sherman. He was one of the leading candidates back uh, four years ago in 1888. And um, you had Governor William McKinley uh, of Ohio. He was also mentioned, but it just wasn't time for them. And you had a few other people who kind of threw their hats in the... I don't know. What would you say? Hats in the ring? <laughs> <laughs> Not very good with my uh, cliches. which well, may, That is the saying, thing. after all. <laughs> so, they, th- they threw their hats in the pond. Right. <laughs> so they're just kind of like, okay, well, all right, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, whatever it worked out, the, um, the Republicans decided they were going to nominate the the old incumbent, you know, do the, do the normal thing that everybody does. And, um, why not? Why why don't we just go ahead and nominate them during the convention right on the first ballot, not even have a, have a contention about it. Yeah, but (laughs) it's just rough. It's just rough being a vice president. Uh, Levi Morton was like, um, no, I've had enough. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do I can't do this. No. And I mean it didn't help that Harrison pretty much hated him. He didn't want to keep him on the ticket either. I I don't know if he was entirely just uh, disliked him or if it was also partially I think I can win uh, more handily if I don't have Morton on the ticket. Either way, we're not we're not going to do this. So Yeah, so White Law Reed, he's our man. Yeah, Whitelaw is a sick, nasty name. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if your name is Whitelaw, I'm sorry. My cousin, he just doesn't like your name. No, no, sick, nasty means good. Oh, I like oh, that. oh, oh, yeah. oh. It's like bad. You know, oh, man, that's bad, oh, but it's okay. really good. You know, like 1985. It's a little generational yeah. gap there. I suppose you could say that. Yeah, so Whitelaw, that bad name, Reed. Uh, he was the editor of the New York Tribune, and he also served as the ambassador to France. Uh, he got the VP nomination. Congrats, Whitelaw! Congrats. Woo-hoo. That might be that might be the <laughs> next Smith baby name. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of crazy, man. So, um, pretty much at this point, everybody's like, well. You know, Grover Cleveland wasn't all that bad. We did vote him into power anyway. I mean, it's just the electoral college thing screwed it up. So why don't we um why don't we go and ahead and do that? And then everybody's like, okay, yeah, that's fine, except we have some reservations. Yeah, but really, I mean, there were a couple of guys. There were um or there was. There were, I can't speak. <laughs> um, Henry Watterson and Charles Dana. They thought that, hey, this might be a good idea. Let's let's run. But Cleveland, he was the man. And they were like, yeah. forget that. We want the Democrats to win. So we're, we're just going to shut up now. Right. Yeah. We had four or five other people step into place and... Nobody really could do what Cleveland could do. And that's that's pretty much the theme of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of this episode now. Nobody can do what Cleveland can do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. It, it's kind of funny, too. I mean, the Clevelands, we mentioned in the, in the 
previous episode about uh, Mrs. Cleveland, uh, Frances, who also went by the name Frank. Uh, She was, she was something else and, and something else, I mean, in a really good way. She was very much Cleveland's junior. I think she was like 21 when she became first lady. Yeah, she was young for sure. And, you know, she's, you can just see her leaving the White House in 1889 saying, you know, we'll be back. Keep, uh-huh. keep the house really good for us and, and all that. But while they are doing their thing, doing the speaker circuit or, or whatever you do when you lose the election, but you won the election, but you lost the electoral vote, um, they actually had uh, a daughter. Uh, her name was Ruth. And Ben, did you know that baby Ruth is who the candy bar is named after? I sure did. So there you have it. Baby Ruth was born in that time, which I'm sure endeared people because what's more endearing than a president having a baby? Oh, I thought you were going to say them chocolate, but either way. That too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean... Uh, You've got to imagine. Think about now whenever anybody famous at all, even not really famous, but people follow them on Instagram, have a baby. Like people just go crazy for babies, let alone, you know, the the Prince of England has a baby or uh, Kim Kardashian has a baby. (laughs) I mean, people just go crazy. So, yeah, the president has a baby. Awesome. Yeah. That doesn't happen a whole lot these days. Right. But you had a baby and. People love that. Well, I didn't be, I didn't get to become president though. You are kind of like the president of election college. I guess I'm not old enough to be president or else I would be, so that's probably the reason. Yeah. Yeah. You're such a youngin. So anyway. So Cleveland, he was really bucking up against the whole Tammany Hall deal there in New York. Remember Tammany Hall? They were very, Vaguely. very powerful among New York Democrats. But Cleveland didn't just give in to that special interest. And that's probably, by and large, what lost him the previous election. So he held his own and won New York this yeah, he, time. <laughs> he probably could have. He probably could have um, won pretty handily in that first election had he, or I guess his second election, but had he um, been willing to to play the game the way that it needed to be played, but he wouldn't because he's Grover the Good. Yeah. Yep. So is this just a repeat of the last <laughs> election? Well, not, not really. We, we've also got the People's Party candidate, the People's Party party, I guess you could say, the populist, as it's well known. Um, I was about to say, that sounds like a really good party. Yeah. Did they <laughs> Why would the you not ball? want a party full of people? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I like them. Do you think they had ice cream? Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. John Travolta, I bet, was there. He probably sang the national anthem. Definitely. Well, Jason, why don't you fill us in on the on the People's Party? Yeah, so you had a more industrial society, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you still had farmers. Sure, there's farmers everywhere. Farmers make the world go round. Yeah, so you get the farmers, 
and you get the labor and reform groups, right? And that's like the people. The people that the People's Party refers to? Yeah. And so you basically what you do is you have this alliance of common people, the populists. And they get together and they're like, you know what? I think we should have some clout in this whole big government that's of the people, for the people, by the people, all that. Yeah, let's put that name to, to work. Yeah. So they have a convention. Actually, they have a couple of meetings in the years leading up to um, to 1892. But they have this uh, big convention in Omaha, Nebraska, and they nominate James B. Weaver, who was from Iowa, to be the president. He didn't have very much opposition, and he was had kind of had some track record to him. Um, he wasn't really that controversial. So the Republicans right. and Democrats, they, they couldn't really get him on anything. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing that he had um, going against him was that he was part of Sherman's March to the sea. So the South was like, nope. Yeah. You know, you're not, we're not going to vote for you. You destroy, you wrecked our town. Right. Uh. <laughs> but I mean, most of the population was up north. And then another thing that you had was the addition of several states out west. Right. In these past several years, you know, you had the Dakota. North Dakota mm-hmm. came in. Yeah. Right? yeah. The Dakota Territory became North and South Dakota, the states of. And, and a couple other states out west. So um, this proved to be pretty popular out west, uh, the populist party did. And one cool thing about, I don't know if this is just one cool thing, it was actually several cool things that the populist platform really brought to the national awareness was, hey, why don't we nationalize the telegraph, the telephone, railroads, uh, let's have free coinage of silver, um, a graduated income tax, and the creation of postal savings banks. You've got to imagine those first three or four there really appealed to the folks out west because the East Coast is kind of getting a little bit crowded now. Obviously, nothing like it is now, 120 some years later, but at the time, um, there's not a whole lot going on at all out West. So to get anywhere to get goods to and from is a really difficult thing Uh, to be able to communicate quickly with anybody to and from is really difficult thing. So just this idea that the, um, you know, everything should be extended the whole way across the nation and make things easier just appeals to the whole West coast of the West side of the country. Right. So really no matter where you stand and and you kind of have to think of this outside of what we view politics is today because you, you still have the concept of the role of the federal government versus states rights and, and all of that. Yeah. That dynamic hasn't changed too much, but in a way you need the federal government. You need, right. You need that funding to build infrastructure in order to get goods across your country and so on. So um, 
this really speaks to that whole thing of, okay, we had that thought of manifest destiny. Let's go ahead, take the continent. Now, well, we've got these new states. We've got commerce needs. This is, this is pretty necessary. Yeah. And the, the people's party, the, the populist, um, really had put together a platform that is still pretty impressive as far as non-major parties go. Um, just the amount of uh, what I don't up to this point, we haven't seen one as well formulated in all of their thoughts and the cohesiveness up until this point, at least from what I've seen. So, I mean, they've got, um, we could, we could talk probably for episodes about all the different points and facts that they have in their, in their platform. But since we're an election podcast, we're not going to do that, but I really do encourage you to go on and read the, platform of the populist party um it's just got a a ton of stuff packed in there and really you don't have any question about where they stand once you're done reading it i think i spent more time uh reading it than i have any other political party that's current day um to this point so yeah so that was it right no more parties well i mean you still got the prohibition party they're still hanging out there yeah they um doing their thing. They were pretty calm, pretty tame, doing their thing. Um, you also had the Socialist Labor Party. They basically called for a platform that that was like, okay, let's abolish the positions of president and right. vice president, and we'll all be president. Yeah, but they nominated somebody for a president and somebody for vice right. president. But they were just on the ballot in like five states. So um, not really a whole lot to say about the Socialist Labor Party. Well, the campaign, let's get real here. The campaign is between the Republicans and the Democrats, for better or for worse. And we've got the whole idea of um, the tariffs still being a big thing. And and everybody wants everybody to know what side of the fence they're on. But kind of... Kind of the campaigning really stops. Uh, the first lady, Carolyn Harrison, actually dies. Um, she had been in ill health since, well, since she was young, and it had only gotten worse uh, over the time that her husband had been president. Mm-hmm. So she would go with him on travels a lot of times, and usually it was okay, but she'd actually gotten a cold at one point and uh, got pneumonia, or I'm sorry, tuberculosis from it. And um, things just didn't get any better for her until she um, she actually was laid up for the last six months of her life, pretty uh, incapacitated, and passed uh, in the White House in October of 1892. Um, so it was just a couple weeks before the election. And uh, when that happened, all the candidates uh, kind of just said, okay, this isn't the time for campaigning. We'll just go ahead and put things aside and let things ride out from here on out. Yeah. So election day comes and Cleveland wins the popular vote. It was uh, actually the largest win and the popular vote since Grant had been reelected back in 1872. And the crazy thing about that was that it was like 400,000 more votes for Cleveland. So he won a lot more of the popular vote in this election than he had in, I believe, 
either of the previous elections. Now, one crazy thing to keep in mind, which this might just be stating the obvious at this point, but at this point, no president had ever won three elections, the popular vote in three elections. And and Grover Cleveland did. Yeah, I mean, that's it probably didn't feel too great to him because he was president after one of those wins, wasn't after another, was again after the third. But either way, he he won popular vote three times. So you got to be feeling okay about yourself at that point. Yeah, you got to walk with a little bit of a swagger, you know. I'm sure, yeah. sure it didn't feel good to lose the Electoral College um, four years ago, but... Eh. At least you can say, oh, yeah, I was president, but I lost on a technicality. So. Exactly. <laughs> uh, also, just as a point of reference and where we're at, we don't talk much about Congress at this point. Maybe that's something we could do later on, talk about uh, Congress, c- congressional elections and stuff like that. And that. That gets kind of boring eventually. But anyway, the <laughs> Democrats uh, actually won the presidency and they won both houses of Congress. Uh, and this is the first time since the Civil War. People are kind of forgetting about the whole um, bloody shirt thing going on. Right. So there you have it. Um, now, James Weaver, the populist candidate, uh-huh. he actually did carry uh, a couple of states. Uh, he yeah. carried Nevada. Um, he carried, I believe, Colorado and Idaho and maybe Kansas and one of the Dakotas. So he, he had a very good showing. Um, but yeah, he didn't quite make it. He, he didn't. Hey, one thing I did, I did want to mention, um, there have only been a few instances where this has happened, but Cleveland actually got, um, he got a smaller percentage of the popular votes in his second win than he did in his first win. And this doesn't happen terribly often. Usually when people get a smaller percentage, they end up losing. Um, But it happened, let's see, was it Franklin Roosevelt in 1940 and 44, and then Barack Obama in 2012. Um, So kind of interesting that he still won, even though he had less people vote for him than he did in his first election. Um, And once again, that usually doesn't result in positive results for that kid. <laughs> right. I wonder what that relationship with between Cleveland and Harrison, if they ever spoke offline to each other. Cause that, that's gotta be so strange to run yeah. it up against each other. I, I forgot to mention this in the last episode, how when Harrison was being inaugurated, Cleveland actually held his umbrella up for him. There's even a picture of this and just, you know, <laughs> uh, we, we've had, uh, we've had people who have lost incumbents who have lost the presidency who would refuse to show right. up to the election or to, not to the election, to the inauguration. It's just kind of, kind of an interesting dynamic there. You know, you hear about, yeah. um, like Bill Clinton considers George H.W. Uh, Bush almost like a father figure to him, how they've actually become kind of close in recent years. Um, right. I wonder what that relationship was like. Well, you have to figure, too, with one of them being in and going out and the other one coming in and then he leaves and the other guy comes back into the White House. you got to figure, like, 
maybe they one of them left some furniture there or some, <laughs> right. some underwear in the drawers and they were, had to drop it off to him at home or something. So, you know, there had to be some of that kind of crossing paths too. Right. <laughs> so Harrison, he loses the election, but and he wasn't considered that great of a president. You know, you don't really look back on his presidency and say, oh my goodness, he was he was just terrific. But he actually did go around and he he spoke and uh, had had good contribution, had a good full life after he was president. And I think that's kind of cool. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think that's I think that's it. Yeah. Right? I mean we we kind of said the ending and Cleveland wins. Yeah. Cleveland rocks. Not the city, but <laughs> not to bust on you if you're from Cleveland, but this is like the second time in four or five episodes we've busted on Cleveland. So yeah. Just saying, maybe that's not that great. If it keeps coming up. Beautiful, beautiful lake scene. Yeah. Yeah, I like the city actually. <laughs> Yeah, it it does rock. Uh-huh. And Grover Cleveland hey. rocks. Right, right. Christmas is coming up if you're listening to this when we air it. And even if you're not, eventually it's going to come back around. And, and even if you don't celebrate Christmas, but you like buying gifts for people, go ahead over to Amazon and, and buy some stuff. But before you do that, go to electioncollege.com slash Amazon and uh, then buy some stuff. And anything you buy will cost you not a penny more but it'll help us out and it'll help us pay for things like hosting fees, um, all the uh, new cars we buy with all the money from this podcast. Uh, it'll help pay for those as well. You know, all the, all the simple things in life. So, hey. um, yeah, if you feel like helping us out and you're going to be doing your shopping on Amazon already, head over to electioncollege.com slash Amazon and anything you buy will help us out in the long run. Yeah. And don't forget, and we mentioned this in the previous podcast that Ben and I do social media and podcast advising. So we are available. We have clients who uh, we do have on retainer uh, that we do consulting with. And we are also available for coaching and all kinds of good stuff. So if you'd like more information about that, shoot us an email at info at electioncollege.com. I think that's everything. But if you want to say, hey, go ahead over to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. By this point, surely you can find us. But if not, look up Election College and we're there. Yeah. And is there anything else that we have to say about the election of 1892? Thanks for listening. That wasn't really about 1892, but it sounded good to me. Yeah. all right well we will see you next time for another riveting episode of election college this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.